I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. probably can, but for me, this is kind of awesome as I'm getting into double digits. So I believe this is episode 11. Super fun. And as Father's Day is coming up this Sunday, I wanted to take a, some time today to just honor some of the fathers that have meant a lot to our family. So that's what I'm going to do today. And so, I, and I thought it'd be fun to collect memories because I have a few from my grandfather and from my husband's grandfather. And so I thought it'd be fun to collect memories from aunts and uncles and as well as my own siblings and my husband's siblings. And it was kind of fun to read all these memories. And I realized as I was collecting all these memories that I could probably do a whole episode about each person that I'm talking about today. So today, I am just going to give you a little preview, and I think I might have other episodes, so maybe next Father's Day I'll be doing one person, just kind of talking a little bit about their life. And before I get into this, I, I asked my husband, his name is Nate, I asked him, because, you know, as women, we tend to be a little more sensitive on Mother's Day, and um, sometimes we don't feel so good or we make it mean more than it needs to mean or whatever. And so I asked him, does that happen with guys? Does that happen <laughs> with dads? And he just said, no. We just are like, yeah, we're just honoring our dads. And then I love what he said afterwards. So I might even have this on one of my social media posts because he said to me, you can honor someone without putting them on a pedestal. You can honor them without it meaning that they were perfect or an endorsement of everything they did. Like you can just celebrate them, and that's okay. And so, so today I'm just going to celebrate four men who have meant a lot to our family. And these men, two of them are my dad and my husband's dad, and then my two grandparents, my grandparent and my husband's grandparents. And I just want to say thanks to all of my um, siblings and um, aunts and my husband's aunts and uncles for sending me in some memories. And I know it was sort of last minute because I was traveling last week and I try to be ahead with my podcast. So I'm a couple weeks ahead before things come out, but this week that's not been the case. So I'm just grateful that they were willing to submit these fun memories. So here we go. We're going to start with my grandpa Henry. And what I think is interesting about my grandpa Henry, his full name was Henry Peter Thompson. 
So when I came into the world, he had been retired for already 10 years. So he retired in 1965 and I was born in 1975. So for so 10 years, he had been retired. And so before I even notice my grandpa, however old I am, he is not in his previous routine of working and I don't really know that much about him. And as a grandchild, especially when you're young, because my grandfather passed away when I was in eighth grade, I don't think I really took advantage of really getting to know my grandpa. And that took me back to the movie Meet the Robinsons. If any of you seen that, such a cute movie. And so the son of this boy um, comes back in time because he has to make sure his father gets this science um, experiment or science fair project done. And he he comes back in time to make sure it happens and then somehow they go back together. And I just think it's interesting. They become best friends. And it'd be fun to sort of go back in time and to meet your grandparents when you're the same age. Would you be good friends? Would you like them? I think that would be fun. Or even just to be a neighbor. or You know, it's just kind of a fun thing to contemplate. What would it be like to be in their time? So the one thing I got from both my dad and my aunt, Marjorie, was about when my grandpa worked for the newspaper. So he worked for the Salt Lake City Tribune, and then I think the Tribune and the Deseret News combined together, and then he worked for both of them, um, the Newspaper Corporation, if I remember. My dad sent me this whole history, which was fun to read. And, um, and so I just, he, one thing I remember that we had still have in our house is these really long pair of scissors that I think my grandpa used as he's getting all these ads. He was in charge of the ads and getting the ads in the paper, just cutting them out. I mean, they're so long. Like, I feel like they're a foot long. They're just these really long scissors. Um. So one thing my Aunt Marjorie, she sent me and she said, I can remember going to work with him on Saturday afternoons. We'd go up to the makeup room where he'd place all the ads for the paper in a in dummy mock-up. No one else was there, but sometimes one other person was. Marilyn and I would go into the men's dressing room. It was a big, huge room where the men got dressed. Of course, no one else was there. He wouldn't let us near the machine. We would run around and hide behind the lockers in the dressing room. So I think that's fun that they went down with their dad and experienced that with their work. And then she talked about how every place we would go, everyone knew dad because of his job with the ads. Everyone liked him and we never had to pay to go to a movie or trips to Lagoon. He would just call someone up and say, can I bring my family to the movies this afternoon? And then I would say, sure, Henry, come on down. They'd do anything for him because he would often save them money when he found errors in the ads, like catching the wrong date or time. We'd see one or two movies a week for free. They also liked him because he would put ads where they wanted them and not to bury them. He had an amazing memory. He could remember two or three weeks back where an ad had been placed. He remembered everyone's birthday and would always call them on, on the day. And it's funny because my dad still does that. 
and my dad sent me like all this history and so I was kind of picking up through things and was trying to find themes that would go together so my dad also mentioned that my grandpa he says Henry had such a good mind that he could recall the page number and even the column of the particular edition of the paper in which the ads would appear as manager of the dispatch department, he would send young men who worked for him to various theaters, department stores, and advertising agencies to pick up advertising copy to deliver the correction and the actual printed copies. He would carefully proofread every ad and often found mistakes that he would point out to the clients. The clients appreciated his ability to watch out for them. He talks about his nephews and others loved working for my grandpa. The other thing I liked that my dad shared with me with me because you kind of get a sense of what day-to-day -day life was like you just wonder what was it like for your grandpa and so he had said dad and I spent a lot of time together on Saturdays because mother would worked at our box and dad would could not leave me alone we would always visit grandmother Thompson to do the grocery shopping and visit with uncle Theo we would often get hamburgers at Bill's on 17th South Street between state and Maine I would also have to chop wood and get coal for grandma's stove both the one in the living room and the one in the kitchen the wood and coal was kept in a little shed in the back it was hard work i remember when dad and i were attending a baseball game at dirk's field we saw a big cloud of smoke that was rising east of the stadium when we went to grandma's after the game we found out that the source of the fire was grandma's garage it had completely burned down thereafter the family built a little shed for the wood and coal house is gone now raised to make room for a church parking lot and it was funny because I read this and I read my aunt Marjorie's little comment and it was saying like everyone loved my grandpa and what's funny is I was kind of scared of my grandpa <laughs> and maybe it's because you know he's older and I'm this little kid and I'm coming to his house and I remember being nervous that I would he didn't want you to drop any, he, they would have this bowl of peanuts and I wouldn't want to drop anything on the floor because he'd pick up those peanuts. <laughs> um, but then my dad had mentioned, it says, dad was liked by everyone. He was very loyal. He went to the same grocery store and used the same checkup person every time. He took care of friends with service of a newspaper and was rewarded with free tickets everywhere so the next person I wanted to sort of preview obviously that's a small little bit about my grandpa Henry and he was a great influence on my dad and obviously an influence on me because of my dad so I just appreciate him and it's been fun to even just read more memories about him and so my husband his grandpa Hazen or Neil Hazen um, was very influential in his life. He loved him so much. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about him. We actually, Nate and I actually lived with his grandparents for a few weeks when we first moved into the Cleveland area before we had an apartment or house or anything. His grandparents were seriously the nicest people, the cutest little couple. We used to say we, well, we still say that we want to be just like them. They were just so cute. When we lived with them, I was actually grateful that I was a little more mature than I was like with my grandpa. 
and sort of could ask more questions and kind of ask about their life and get to know them better and really appreciate them more. And I just, I don't know if I learned a ton, but I just was always grateful that I was willing to ask questions. And the one thing I thought was so cool about Grandpa Hazen is that he served in World War II in the Navy. And I got this fun memory from his son, Neil, who said about Grandpa Hazen. He was the highest ranking enlisted man on his ship's crew. It was only a landing craft with a small crew, a dozen or so sailors, but there was a skipper, an ensign, then a petty officer, who was dad, in the chain of command. During the invasion of D-Day, which just celebrated its 76th anniversary, Dad was the guy at the helm of the ship, steering the thing for something like 12 plus hours at Omaha Beach. Then, when his duty was over, like so many others of Americans, America's greatest generation, he came home, married his girl, and started a family, barely ever saying much about the rigors of the service. Dad and I were at the Browns game once, sitting next to some sailors, and these guys were falling all over each other to shake hands with Dad and speak to him when I told him he was Omaha Beach's naval veteran. He later said to me on the side something like, I don't think I was doing anything great. It was my job. I just remember listening to him speak of it, but he was modest about it. The guy was a war hero, but knew he was one of the lucky ones who lived, and he was grateful to have the life he was blessed with. What I think is so cool about that is to think that he was only like 19 or 20 during that time. So I got another memory from his Aunt Jeanette, who kind of talked about what a great dad he was. And whenever they would wake up in the morning, they would sing, here she comes, America. <laughs> she just loved that. But then she said what she also loved was learning how to be a good citizen from her dad. She said, when I was learning to drive, I mentioned to dad how dark it was coming down Orchard Grove and we could barely see our street. Dad encouraged me to write a letter to the village requesting a street light and having the neighbors all sign it, which I did. The village responded and did put up a street light at the corner of Glen Allen Drive and Orchard Grove. I didn't think much of it at the time because that was how dad was, but looking back, it was a good move on his part as a parent to encourage me to actively seek change and it gave me a sense of pride and accomplishment to know I was somewhat responsible for improving the safety of the people there in our area. I just love that. That was great. And his other aunt just talked about how he, Grandpa Hazen, loved music, remembers a radio was always on. She says he would pick us up and pretend we were instruments strumming guitar, playing the piano, or my favorite, a trombone. She loved it when they drove home on Sunday mass and they would turn up the car radio loud and dance the car down the street to a polka. <laughs> and what she really appreciated was his love for his friends and his family and his church. I got another memory from Nate's mom, Cindy, who gave me two memories and one I'm going to share which I really loved was one of the sweetest memories I have dad walking me up the high school steps to my junior prom it was a closed prom meaning that only members of the class could attend and most of us went as a group and met at the school 
He drove me there, but said it wasn't right for me to walk into a dam unescorted. So we parked the car, came around, and opened the door. He put my arm through his and walked me to the school entrance. There, he leaned over and kissed my cheek, telling me to have a good time, and he'd be outside at 11 to drive me home. And then she also said that Grandpa Hazen was such a gifted storyteller. He would fill our imaginations with the adventures of Freddy the Fox and Blackie the Bear. Those two woodland creatures had amazing adventures, and so I grew older, I realized that some of the plots were similar to Aesop's Fables and the Three Stooges short movie. What we loved even more were his ghost stories. We would be so scared if we listened to his descriptions of the cold, dark cave where a horrible sound was coming from howls and moans. The noises were so terrible that we had to cover our ears, only to find out they were coming from the ladies' choir or our cousin Sissy. We would laugh so hard, and my mother would say, Neil. I love that. And my husband just adored his grandfather. And it's just fun to hear stories about um, Nate working in the yard or trying to help out his grandpa. So our next little preview, we're going to talk about my husband's dad, Leo Johnson Jr. And when I first met Nate's dad, Leo, I just thought he was a super cool guy. <laughs> and... Like I said before, I mean, you come into people's lives and they have all of these experiences already. I guess there are some people, and my mom's kind of like this, but they are just so good at being curious about people. And I think it takes me a little bit longer. And I guess I just need, I guess I'm more slow to warm up. And so, um, anyway, I just that you kind of get stories out of people little by little. As I was getting to know Nate and his dad, I found out that he was a Hall of Famer at Cleveland State University in both basketball and soccer. And I love this story that my sister-in-law, Anna, shared about her dad. She said, at this time in my life, I was getting ready to go into my freshman year of high school. I knew my dad was a Cleveland State Hall of Fame for soccer and basketball. So I knew he was athletic and accomplished at sports, but this time he was 54. He had his, had his kidney replaced and his stomach was hard and swollen from his kidney medication. He was a successful and accomplished and a great dad. Well, he encouraged me to play sports as well. At this time in my life, I was playing soccer, so I challenged him to play soccer against me. We went up to my middle school soccer field, put the ball in the center of the field and proceeded to play. But let me tell you, there was no playing. I never got the ball. My dad's flip skills were so amazing that he stood in one place and kept the ball from me. I must have ran 10 circles left and right, up and down, trying to get the ball, but never did. On the way to the field, I had talked smack to my dad, thinking that he was too old and out of shape to keep up with a 15-year-old on her way to her freshman year of high school. And here I was, running around my father. I could not get the soccer ball from him. I could only imagine how amazing it would have been to see him in his prime because he was amazing that day. So that is so fun. And Nate also mentions he loved it when he was young, that when his dad would come home from work, he would usually be playing outside and that they would play basketball together and they would kick the soccer ball around. 
and he just remembers really enjoying that. And also that my husband even now enjoys doing that with our kids or coaching their teams. Okay, I love this memory from my brother-in-law, Seth, who mentioned about his dad. There was a period of time when my dad listened to Cats, the musical, in the car constantly. I remember getting a ride somewhere with him and being mortified when he started singing Jellicle Cats when we picked up my friends. <laughs> but then he goes on to say he made up for it when he took me to get my first tattoo and said he wanted to get a suit tattooed on him so he wouldn't have to wear clothes. And then his last memory was he also took my friend, me, and maybe Zach too, to see it. WWF. I've never seen him get so hyped and heckled like that. He got super into it and was yelling, rip his arms off and stuff like that. It was pretty hilarious. I just love that. <laughs> so the one thing I found out about my husband's dad, one more thing, is that he was an accountant. And when he became an accountant at the time, he, but he was one of the first black accountants. My dad said that he would have to carry his credentials around because people wouldn't believe that he was an accountant. Crazy. And then my husband had this memory um, that they had this adding machine at home. And he just remembers his dad being so fast. At, you know, having to do people's taxes and he's adding everything up and he just thought that was the coolest thing and so he said he would practice trying to get as fast as his dad he would practice on <laughs> the adding machine and he said he had a job in high school that he had to enter some numbers in and he was so fast and everyone thought that was so great and it was because he practiced because he was watching his dad which I think is so fun. So that is, that's a little tidbit of my husband's dad. <laughs> the other thing Nate was saying is that his dad was not really handy, but he kind of would buy these sets of screwdrivers that he wouldn't really use ever, but they would be in his desk drawer. And when they had to use them, he would always hate it that he had to use them because they wouldn't put them back or they'd get them all messed up. And he just thought that was funny. He didn't like it when he got into his stuff. So that is a little bit about Leo Johnson Jr. And I wonder what it would be like <laughs> to go back in time sometime. Because all these men who I've talked of as of now have all passed away. And just grateful for their legacy and for the people they have helped raise that are now part of my life. The last person I wanted to talk about was my dad, who is still with us and is a great guy. And it was funny because I got a lot of memories from my family. So I was trying to figure out a way to make them all make sense. And so I thought I would kind of talk about some of the themes that came up. So one thing about my dad is his name is Roger Thompson, Roger Henry Thompson, and he is a super hard worker. Um, I just remember my dad always either helped working, not always, obviously, 
but on Saturdays, working in the yard, and then when it snowed, he's always out there shoveling the walks and just wanting things to look nice. And he would always, and my brother mentioned he would go and help, and I think my sister mentioned they'd go and help mow at his mother's house and, and help over there. My brother Connor mentioned there were so many times when we'd be working on the yard or in a project together and dad wouldn't ever seem to run out of energy for the task, but would gain momentum as we went along. I would often be running out of steam. There were multiple projects like the brick square stepping stones we put in on the side of the house. I remember working late on this project with dad. I felt like his unspoken rule was to stop when the project is done. We ran out of bricks and wood frame for the steps, so that's why the project ended. I finished the project on my own a few years later because I now knew what I was doing. Dad taught me how to work and to work hard. I agree. And there's another story of when he came to visit our family. My dad lives in Salt Lake City and we live in Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And he came to visit us and he just was here. And whenever my parents would come to visit, they're like, well, can you need a help? they'd just be cleaning up. I kind of felt bad. Like we'd hardly go do anything fun. They just <laughs> help around our house. And my dad was like, well, do you want me to go mow the lawn? And so I was like, oh, sure. You can go mow. And he wasn't, he didn't come like prepared to mow. He was in like khakis and a button down. And so he's out there working and it was kind of a hot day. And later my neighbor comes up to me and he's like, you know, my son, came up to me and was like, there's this old guy in front of the Johnson's house working like a dog. <laughs> and that's always a fun story we mention <laughs> to my dad. Because he was, he loves things really looking nice. And we have this corner lot. So even just edging, just like forever, because we have so much perimeter. But I'm always aware that edging makes everything look so much nicer. So I think of my dad a lot when I'm edging, making sure things are looking good. So my dad just loves cars. <laughs> so we had lots of memories about cars. So my brother Eric shared this story. Um, he loves cars and we also love going off-roading on Jeep trips. And so my brother Eric mentioned the story. He said, when I was young, one of my favorite times was going on Jeep trips with dad and his Explorer Scouts. I used to get ready for camping by sleeping with my window open. Dad was generally relaxed. It was more fun than doing homework. <laughs> it was an exciting adventure. Dad would buy food that we never had at home, like Sprite and snack pack puddings. One time, Dad was trying to win the Sand Hill Climbing Competition. He was frustrated that with such a great engine and large tires, he should be doing better than the other Jeeps and Land Cruisers. I was watching from up on the hill. So he got this huge run at the sand hill and was going fast when he got to the bottom of the hill. He decided to take a slightly different line up the hill than the rest of the trucks. On his way up the hill, he hit this slab of sandstone and launched, and launched Dad several feet into the air. When the car landed, the front axle broke and the tires were sitting at about 45 degree angles to normal. It looked like a tire cartoon car. I said, Dad, you've broken the truck. And I replied, oh, come on, and tried to begin backing back down the hill for another run with 
at the hill. <laughs> the car wouldn't move, and we had to tow it to the highway and call a tow truck from Christ to get it to repair. I just think that's so funny. My dad loved cars. My brother Connor mentioned one day dad asked me to help him move his Porsche to a garage at one of his properties. We were on 39th South, just below I-215, and stopped at a red light. His driving the Mercedes E-Class AMG, which was crazy fast. I thought he was trying to mess with me and get me in trouble, but when the light turned green, he floored it. Then I floored it, but I couldn't make up the ground. He won that race. <laughs> Someday I'll get him back. Ah, funny. So, you on the thing, my dad has also left me with a great legacy of being a strong member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, you know, he would always encourage us. And um, I love the story I got from my sister Kelly. She says, when I was a missionary, I got discouraged because very few were interested in learning about the gospel. I even thought it wasn't productive for me to be a missionary. It was better to have stayed home and to have moved forward with my life. Then I received a lengthy letter from my dad, all about faith and what it meant to believe that even though things were difficult and I wasn't seeing the results I wanted, I could be at peace. Knowing that I was where I should be, having been called by a prophet of God to serve as a missionary in Austria. I just really like that story. And then my brother, Joel, mentioned... Um, when I was 14 or so, I was assigned to go home teaching with dad. I was upset about this assignment because I felt like I wasn't old enough yet to be a home teacher. The duties of a home teacher included visiting the homes of a family or two who were members of our church once a month, see how they were doing and share a spiritual message. It was a duty that would take me away from time with friends and I did, I did it begrudgingly. To make things worse, my dad was a diligent home teacher. We went every month. We visited regularly with the Spencers, a couple who were friends with our family, and Stan, a neighborhood acquaintance who always had a fire going in his fireplace. Each time we would venture out on a visit together, I would go out somewhat upset that I was required to go, and I would return home with a feeling of peace and love. Each time my dad would lovingly and dutifully knock on the door, and each time the household or person would open the door and welcome us in. We would have nice discussions about the family, about how the kids were doing, about the, how the job was going, sports or anything else. They would just ask me how I am doing. There was always a joke here and a laugh there. There were smiles. People were always appreciative of the visit. They were always appreciative of my dad. They respected him. Through the diligence of my dad in home teaching, I developed a better understanding of the importance of caring about other people and of making time to connect and doing what we can do to help our neighbors. Through my dad, I also gained a better understanding of the importance of how living a good and honest life brings confidence and draws respect. I will forever be grateful for my dad's faithfulness and diligence in taking me home teaching blessed my life. I like that. And my sister also said, I loved getting up for scripture study. Well, not really, but I loved jumping into the middle of their big bed and falling back to sleep morning for scriptures. I loved hearing his testimony when dad was the bishop. I was always proud of him when he was the bishop. And then my dad always has really been good at helping us through things. I think she says, I remember 
waking mom and dad up at like one in the morning after I'd broken up with John, and they were so nice to talk me through it. I remember dad was always very stable through my emotional stresses. She also adds that also played a critical role in being a listening ear and guide with John through his schooling and career. We have been very grateful for his wisdom and insights and enthusiastic support. So one thing I want to sort of finish up with is my sister shared the story. And one thing I do also love about my dad is he is the typical dad joke pun guy. And I was trying to think of a pun and I couldn't think of one right away, but um, he also loved to just kind of play around. And I remember he would love to pretend like he couldn't turn when he was driving the car. And especially when we had friends in the car. And I remember even when I was in school in Boston, when he'd come to visit, um, he would do that when we were taking friends out. <laughs> he would still pretend to not be able to turn. And <laughs> I remember at the time sort of being embarrassed, but I think it was just so funny that he would still do that. It's just so cute. So I love the story she shares. Um, I wanted to tell you about the story about Thomas and dad. We were still living at their house after they returned from their mission from Ghana. It was about a week before Christmas and we received a big loaf of bread and a cute plate from our neighbors. The bread was cut in big, fat slices. It was Saturday and we decided to use this bread to make sandwiches for lunch. So we made a peanut butter sandwich for Thomas. He was four. He started crying at the table and Padre asked what was wrong. Thomas said, how am I supposed to eat this? It's so big. So Padre took his fist and pounded the sandwich sandwich flat so that Thomas would eat it. It was so funny. I think Thomas didn't know if he should laugh or cry, but I think he ate most of the sandwich. So yeah, we call my dad Podger. Sort of evolved from Papa Roger into Podger. So that's what a lot of all his grandkids call him, and we call him Podger too. I had a ton of cute memories, and looking at the time and realizing I could probably go on and on and on, I think I will save them for another time. But I want to come back to what my husband said at the beginning. What I just wanted to tell all of these men and my dad that I'm grateful for their example and celebrate and honor them. And I guess as a little piece of advice, if you have grandparents that are still with you, just take some time to ask questions about what it was like when they were younger. Because they have this big life that happened way before you were even born and I'm sure they would love to tell you about it and even if they have passed on I would just take the time to see what you can find out from either your parents or aunt and uncles just things you might want to know about your grandparents and your fathers that have gone before you because they've laid this path for you and thank you so much for listening and to all you fathers out there have a happy father's day this Sunday we'll talk to you next week you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com. 
where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening.